please pray with me? Would you please pray with me? Great and merciful God, we come together this morning to sing your praises, to worship you, to exalt you in our lives, in our church, in our community. We come before you to be humbled and to be known by you. We ask in this morning that you would empower us to hear and know your gospel and your truth. We pray all of this according to your holy and precious name, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we're together this morning, we uh, launch a new series, and uh, our new series is called Getting Rooted in the Basics. And uh, over each of the Sundays that we're together, we're going to uh, just get rooted, like it says, in some of these just basic, uh, fundamental things that we need just to remind ourselves of uh, as we walk through life in faith. Uh, and so today, we're going to talk about that wonderful big topic, God, right? And obviously, we're not going to cover the whole scope of the nature of God, but I think uh, just to get one basic uh, fundamental principle that, that we often uh, sometimes forget about the nature and the awesome nature of our God, everything that we were just singing uh, in, in that song, just how awesome and incredible, uh, how incredible uh, God is. So now you're probably wondering as, uh, as I'm up here this morning, geez, who's the other guy on the stage, right? Some of you don't know him. And uh, that's uh, Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew is our seminarian. Uh, who is uh, at uh, Luther Seminary up in St. Paul. And uh, we as a congregation are encouraging him, supporting him. And uh, he's off on internship right now in Vancouver, Washington, but back to be with his mother, not with his father, but with his mother, of course. And, uh, and so uh, he's back here. So as soon as he came home, we said, great, now you get to go to work. You're going to be here Sunday morning and help lead. So uh, we're glad to have him, have him back. In case you don't do that, no, that's number two son over there. Okay, so, well, now let's get to basics, okay? And, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about this, and, and I, I thought about, you know, how do we get to understand God? How does he reveal himself? And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that billboard series that was out there called God Speaks. There's a webpage, godspeaks.com. You can go there and see all the billboards they put together. It's kind of a big, big thing they did for a while. And they put stuff up like this, you know, let's talk, you know, God. And they did uh, that love thy neighbor thing. I really, you know, I meant that. Uh, God, good reminder on that one, right? Uh, as well as, you think it's hot here? I think they put that in, uh, <laughs> I, I think that was in Phoenix. I think that's where they put that one, in Phoenix. Uh, kind of thing, or Florida, if any of you are going there. I know some of you are, right? And then, uh, you know, let's meet at my house Sunday before the game, right? Exactly, good thing Packer season's over on that one, uh, right? Okay. But, you know, how do we get to know this? How do we, how do we remind ourselves about just some of the basics of, of what God has revealed uh, about himself, right? And that's the key. God reveals his nature uh, to us. And uh, if we just start with a basic truth this morning, it would be the basic truth of understanding there is no one like God, like we were singing. I mean, there is just no one like God. If, if we look at Exodus 15, it says, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. I mean, yes. Yes. That's it, right? I mean, there, there is just nobody like our God. There's just nobody like our God. Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, and He is incredible in the works that He does. 
And, and it's just good for us occasionally to step back, take a breath, and remind ourselves of that basic principle, that basic understanding of the power and the majesty and the glory and the awesomeness of God. Right? Um, it's summed up maybe in this uh, billboard that says, all I know is everything. That's how awesome he is. Right? That's how awesome he is. And so for us today, it's just a start this series, this basic, simple understanding that I think often uh, we forget. And if we can unpack what that means and try to look at it and get it into us, uh, probably the best place to do that is to go to the experience of the prophet Isaiah. It comes out of Isaiah 6. And here's what's happening. Uh, Isaiah has been a prophet. You know, he's been speaking the word of the Lord out there. And uh, Uzziah has been king. Now, Uzziah was one of the good kings. You know, there are good kings, bad kings in Israel. And uh, Uzziah was one of the good kings who lasted a fairly long time, right? But as you can see in Isaiah 6, it says, In the year King Uzziah died. In the year King Uzziah died? So what's happening in Isaiah's life? Well, he's been a prophet, but he's been a prophet under a good king. He's been a prophet under a good king. But all of a sudden, the good king is gone. So what's happening to Isaiah? Can you imagine what's going through Isaiah's mind? What's going through his mind is probably the, the same stuff that goes through our minds when, when something happens in our, you know, life's just rolling along, and then something happens in our life, and we start thinking, what's next? How are we going to go forward? I mean, King Uzziah, he was the good king. Who are we going to get next? We could get a bad king. Everything could go wrong. Holy cow, what am I going to do? How can I keep being prophet when my good king is gone? Everything is up for grabs. I have no security. I have no stability. What's going to happen next? Familiar with those kind of words? Right? I mean, that's where he is. He's saying, what's going to happen next? So he goes to the temple. He goes to the temple, and he has a personal encounter with the presence of God. He says, I saw the Lord. He goes to the temple, and he has a vision, and he has an encounter with the Lord. And in that encounter, Isaiah discovers some basic things, some basic things that we need to grab onto today. First, he discovers that God is on the throne. He experiences and has this encounter, and his first observation is God was seated on his throne. Where was he? On his throne. While all this other stuff is going on, while everything in Isaiah's life is changing, while he's not so sure about what might be next, there is one absolute sure thing he can count on. Who's on the throne? God's on the throne. See, even though our lives change, even though tomorrow we don't know what it holds, even though there's all kinds of questions out there in our lives, there is one basic reality about the nature of God. He is awesome and He is splendid and He is on the throne. He is on the throne. Isaiah experiences God. He said He was seated on the throne in His long robe filled the temple and He was highly honored. It's, it's the image of just the awesome nature of of God. Just just try to get that picture. I mean, it's that, you know, you see the brides coming in for the weddings and it's like a, you know, a competition of who can have the longest uh, train, right? You know, how long was King uh, was uh, Diana's train over there when she got married? Remember that? Kind of took like eight people to carry it, I think, didn't it? I mean, the idea was, wow, royalty, fabulous, stupendous, wonderful. I mean, that's what he's trying to say here. God is so incredible that, that his train just fills the whole room. 
It is that awareness for us that this awesome, incredible God is on the throne. He's on the throne every single day of your life. Every single moment, every single breath, anything that transpires, anything that goes on, anything you can think of or dream about, anything, God is still on the throne. Awesome, powerful, and in charge. Isaiah wants us to not miss the very nature of God, that God is this incredible, incredible, powerful God, and He is on the throne. If we go to Exodus 20, we can see at Mount Sinai where the people of God encounter the awesome nature uh, of God, right? And in the, in the symbols of how they saw and encountered the awesome nature. So the, the people of God are at Mount Sinai, and Moses is where we get the Ten Commandments. God gives it to Moses, right? And it says, The people saw the thunder and lightning. They heard the trumpet. They saw the mountain covered with smoke. They trembled with fear and stayed a long way off. They said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, then we'll listen. But don't let God speak to us. If he does, we'll die. What's going on? They are encountering the basic truth of the awesome holiness of God. The lightning, the thunder, the smoke, the trumpets. And and their solution is to say, "Uh, Moses, you go. We're going to stay a long way off. You go for us, okay? We'll listen to you, but don't let God speak to us. You go, you come back, because we are totally aware of the basic reality of how powerful and awesome God is. So Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. God's come to put you to a test. He wants you to have respect for him. That will keep you from sinning. Moses approached the darkness where God was, but the people remained a long way off. Do they get a sense of the awesome presence of God? Absolutely. It's a basic truth. It's a basic awareness for us. We see it also in the New Testament. It shows up a few times in Jesus' life. Here's one of them in Mark 4, where Jesus you know, silences the, the wind and the waves. Remember that experience? He silences the wind and the wave with, the words, uh, with his words, and the disciples see what happens. They, they take it all in, and, and here's what they say. They, first, they're terrified. Why are they terrified? They just saw the awesome power of God. And they're terrified, and they ask each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You see, they had an experience of the basic power and awesome holiness of God. And we see it again in Luke 7 when the woman comes to anoint Jesus and he's at Simon's house and she does that. And Jesus says, I forgive your sins. You're you're a forgiven woman. And the people hear this and they're like, wait, wait a minute. That's a God thing. That's a power of God to do that. And And the other guests talk about this among themselves. They say, who is this? who even forgives sins. What are they encountering? That basic truth about the awesome holiness and power of God. Now, you see it in Isaiah's vision again in a really interesting place. right? If you go back to Isaiah's vision, Isaiah's having this vision, God is on the throne, and he says, above him were seraphs. Each of them had six wings. How many wings? You can say it, six wings, right? Six wings. This is important. Watch this. Each of them had six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they were flying. They got six wings to use, but they're only using two of them to fly. Two to cover their face, two to cover their feet. 
What's up with that? You got six wings. Fly, right? Why in the world do they have to use two to cover their face and two to cover their feet? We see the answer to that in the awesome nature of God. Is God reveals himself here in the experience in Exodus 33, and he's going to show himself to Moses. Here's what it says. I will make all my goodness pass in front of you, and I will announce my name, the Lord, in front of you. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will show love to those I love. But you can't see my face, he said. No one can see me and stay alive. What's the awareness? The awesome, incredible holiness and power in the nature of God. These heavenly beings, even, who fly around him all day while he's on the throne, announcing how awesome and holy he is, they have to cover their face. Why? Because nobody, no heavenly being, no earthly person can see the face of God and live. That's how awesome he is. That's how awesome he is. And, and so even the seraphs, as they're, as they're flying around, they've got to cover their face because they could not exist in the sheer awesome power of the nature of God's holiness. And the whole cover the feet thing, that's a Moses thing too. You remember the story? Moses sees this bush burning and he goes over to the mountain where the bush is burning. What's the first words that come out of the bush? The first words are, Moses, take off your shoes. Why? Holy ground. Wherever the holiness, the presence of God is, it is the holy and powerful presence of God. So take off your shoes. What do the seraphs have to do? they got to cover their face with two wings and they got to cover their feet with two wings. Why? Because they are in the awesome presence of God. Isn't that neat? You see, it's just this basic reminder of us of how incredible God is. And, and we hear it even in the words of the seraphim who are flying around the throne of God in, in Isaiah's vision. We, we see it even there. This is so interesting. It says they're calling, they're flying around, they're calling around, calling out, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord who rules over all the whole earth is full of his glory. What are they saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They're calling out about his holiness and his power and his awesomeness. Now, here's what's interesting. In the Old Testament especially and in Scripture, when you want to emphasize something, the way you emphasize something is you repeat it. You repeat it. You say it again, you know. And again, I say unto you, right? You say it again for emphasis so they don't miss it. What's interesting, this is the only word, this is the only word in Scripture that is repeated like this three times in a row. It's, it happens two times. This is the only word, holy, that describes the holiness of God. It's repeated three times, holy, holy, holy. That You can go all over Scripture and you can say, well, God is love, but you don't see it say God is love, love, love. You can say, God is mercy, but you don't see it. God is mercy, mercy, mercy. The only thing that happens in Scripture with this word is, God is holy, holy, holy. See, it's basic. He doesn't want us to miss it. You've got to get an understanding of the awesome nature and power and holiness of God. Why? Because your world may fall apart. But God is still holy. You may be wondering about tomorrow, but God is still on the throne. I have this uh, all the time in my life. I don't know how, how it happened, but, you know, people, I'll bump into people and they'll, they'll say, you know, hey, how's your day going, Pastor? And I'll say, hey, great, God's still in charge. You know? I mean, right? 
But it's basic. Great. Why? Well, because God's still in charge. He's still on the throne. It is that awesome basic awareness of the power of God. And we see it in Isaiah's vision, even in the door frames of the temple, because it says the sound of their voices caused the stone door frames to shake and the temple was filled with smoke. He wants to give you such an awesome picture of the power and holiness of God. Why? Well, for the next reason. And uh, it you know, kind of summed up maybe in this sign here. It says, what part of thou shalt not didn't you understand? You see, if we, if we get understanding the awesome holiness of God, I mean, that changes our perspective, doesn't it? Because God is just not this nice, fuzzy, warm thing anymore. He is an awesome, holy God. And He deserves our respect, as it said in Exodus. So what do we do with that? What Isaiah did is he fell on his knees. He fell on his knees. For the first time in Isaiah's life as a prophet, he finally saw himself in reflection and relationship to the holy and awesome nature of God. And his response, how terrible it is for me, I cried out. I am about to be destroyed. My mouth speaks sinful words, and I live among people who speak sinful words. Now I have seen the king with my own eyes. He is the Lord who rules over all. What's going on? For the first time, Isaiah sees how awesome God is. And because of it, he sees how empty he is. He sees how empty he is. If you were here Ash Wednesday, it's what we were talking about. He, he sees how he's just dirt. That, that we try to pump ourselves up with pride and we try to pump ourselves up with accomplishment and, and we try to make ourselves more important than we really are. And, and Isaiah could have done the same thing and said, after all, I've been a pretty good prophet with King Uzziah and everything was good, you know. But when he encounters the awesome nature of God, when he gets that basic understanding... He falls to his knees and he understands for the first time how empty his life is when it's all about him. And we see that also. The same words Jesus uses in the New Testament when he's talking about the Pharisees and the scribes who don't get it, who are all about themselves. They're all pumped up on themselves. And he uses the same words, how terrible it is for you, how terrible it is for you, how terrible it is for you. You see, if we focus on our own selves... How terrible it is for us. We miss it. We miss it. Because the key to understanding is the awesome holiness and power of God. And Uzziah, Uzziah is the example. Because what happened to Uzziah? It says in Second Chronicles that Uzziah became powerful. His pride brought him down. What happened to Uzziah? He forgot the basics. He forgot how incredible God is. He forgot how awesome God is. He forgot how holy God is. And he started thinking about just himself and how great he is in his own eyes. You see, the key for Isaiah is his greatness begins when he empties himself and he becomes nothing. His greatness begins as a prophet when he's on his knees and he sees himself absolutely, utterly empty. And he allows himself to be filled by the power of an almighty, holy, incredible, awesome God. 
That's the way it works. It's like King David in Psalm 51 when he comes to grips with his own sin and he sees everything that he's done wrong in his life and he just has to be open and honest and humble. And he says, I know, I know I've been a sinner ever since I was born. I've been a sinner ever since my mother became pregnant with me. I know, I know that you want truth to be in my heart. You teach me wisdom deep down inside me. So make me pure by sprinkling with hyssop plant that I will be clean. Wash me that I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear you say, your sins are forgiven. What's David understand? It's not about him. Here's the key. It is the awesome nature of this incredible, powerful God who says, out of his power and out of his holiness, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. It's kind of like, for me, the sign here. It says, look, if you must curse, use your own name. Right? Kind of a good one. You know? What? But you, but you gotta, you know, we want to make it all about us. And the, and the reality is, no, get basic. It, it's when we discover it's all about Him. It's all about His holiness and His power and His awesomeness and His might. When we become nothing, then He can fill us up and He renews our life. That's exactly what happened to Isaiah. It says, the seraphs flew over to me and they were holding a hot coal and they used the tongs to take it from the altar and they touched my mouth with the coal and he said, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away and what? Your sin has been paid for. There it is. That's the awesome nature and the power of God. The awesome holiness, the awesome power, the incredible God who sits upon the throne forever is willing to set aside everything and say to you, when you empty yourself, when you become nothing, when you're just simple dirt, and you know you can't do life anymore by yourself. And he says, your sins are forgiven. And I choose to live with you. That is the awesome holiness of God. In his power, he says, He's all about you. Isn't that incredible? The God who sits upon the throne is all about you. He summarizes it maybe like this sign saying, I miss how you used to talk to me when you were a kid. Just get rid of all that stuff. Get, get, get back to the basics. Just, just get rid of all the stuff that fills your life. And instead, just remember the basic awesome nature of God and that he chooses to be all about you and say your sins are forgiven and that empowers our life that's what empowers our life that's why we can face tomorrow not worrying about what's going to happen because God's in charge he's on the throne and he cares about us he says then I heard a voice of the Lord who said who will I send who will go for us I said here I am send me so he said go and speak these people. See, we can move forward. We can do what God calls us to do because we trust and we know the awesome nature of God. The awesome nature of God. And that awesome God is willing to forgive and renew and empower. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace, for your goodness. Thank you that you love us enough to be all about us that in your awesome nature and your holiness, you still choose 
to be with us and to forgive us and renew us and bring life to us. So we ask now, empower us by this word that we can just be centered on the basics, that we can just remind ourselves with every day when tomorrow comes, you're on the throne and you are an awesome God and you care about us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.